Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up today, we have another one of our interviews from uh, the American Atheist Convention, which was last weekend. Right, exactly. The nerd quotient of Salt Lake City has gone down. Now that, well, now that there was also a Comic Con going on. That's at what the I'm same saying. Time. I'm saying that it was, so. I'm not just calling the Atheist Convention nerdy, mm. Mm. though it was. Yes, you and I contributing to that. Oh, nerdiness. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but then across the street, just like literally half a block away, yeah, was one of the. They had over a hundred thousand people at the Comic Con. Yeah, it's a it's one of the big ones. It's the second time Salt Lake has done a Comic Con in less than one year, and I, it's. Already one of them. I have to say, it was everything I could do not to go up to David Silverman and ask him if he really kind of secretly wanted to put on his Borg costume and just go across the street. <laughs> if any of you yeah. have ever seen the the uh, we you and I, Frank, were watching the the rewatching Trekkies, yeah, Trekkies yeah. the documentary, which we we had both seen before, but it had been a few years for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And up pops, like in what you know, they're doing interviews of people at, at a Star Trek convention. Folk. Yes. And up pops this guy in a Borg costume. His name appears on the screen. And it right? turns out it is David Silverman, <laughs> president of American Atheists. In in an earlier por- portion of his life, I was we you and I about fell out of our chairs. Astonished. We had to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. We we rewound and we're yeah. like, what the hell? Well what I what I loved about uh last weekend and just being on the streets of Salt Lake City yeah. was that unless the person that you were passing the, was actually in something Star Trekky or Star Warsy. Uh, you couldn't tell which convention they were a part of. <laughs> there, was, there, was the, there was crossover. There was crossover. There was I, crossover. I saw somebody at the American Atheist Convention with a Comic Con. Oh, I believe it. Like wristband oh, on. Totally. I'm, Makes sense. I'm sure there were several people who were who were torn. There had to be plenty as to which to go to. Do I want to see Mister Deity? Or do I or want to see Captain Picard? <laughs> right. Which one do I really want? Right. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they chose wisely. Well, yes. Well, and we by know. That, I don't know which one they would have. We know to. what one we chose anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you know what? I'm not going to go to Comic Con. No. I, I guess I, I'll eventually go to a Comic Con sooner or later. I guess. I'll tell you who else. I just don't really have any desire to. Oh, really? As I, much as I love all those <clears throat> movies and stuff, I really don't give. I don't want to pay to do it. Rats ass about maybe the actors. Maybe they'll give us press passes. I'd go if I got yeah. a press pass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I well, I'll tell you who else was very conflicted about which one to go to. Who? The 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 Christian protesters. <laughs> they did not know where to go. They were very I they I got, spent a minute outside the basically at the lunch break. Yeah. They stood outside of the Hilton. Well, I I got a great photo. You weren't there cuz you I mean, you and I had to go sort of whenever we could get yeah. in. The, uh, the unfortunate thing of having a convention in your hometown is that it's hard to put your personal life on, completely on hold, right? Yeah, you, you're going home. You got. St- I mean, I had the stupid, you know, telephone company showing up to hook up the internet, right? And I was like, God damn it! And I had, you know, I'm, I've got rehearsals for the play that I'm in. We so we both sort of went piecemeal to some of it. I showed up at one point. I got a photo of it. I sent it to Mackenzie. I don't know if she's posted mm-hmm. it or what, but mm-hmm. I got a picture of a guy in 
a monkey mask, like a Planet of the Apes mask, yeah. kneeling and praying with the protesters outside of the convention. What? <laughs> Apparently they... Against the atheists? They found common cause? I guess, yeah. Or, or at very least common cause for, like, praying to God to... Maybe to repent for being a monkey? I'm not really... I really have no idea what was happening. I just knew I needed to take photos of it. Wow. It was really good. Okay. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> <sighs> well, you, you got any stories for us? I do. Um, so, the, um, I, I think I want to start with this one. So, there's this thing I'd never heard of before. There's a group called Birthright. Oh. Uh, it's a Jewish group that uh, for the last... Just over a decade has been organizing free trips to Israel uh, for like college aged uh, American kids, Jewish kids, Jewish kids. Sure. Yes. So they can go and get in touch with their birthright. Right. Right. So, So they go to the Holy Land. They see all the sites. And you know, and they then they have a good time. The, part of the marketing, you know, they've they've uh, they've played up the fun of the trip. Sure. You know, it's a great time, you know. Well, unfortunately, over the last couple of years, they have seen their numbers dip. No, uh, the interest level just isn't quite, I guess, what it was. Um, and I guess kind of the word has gotten out that it's it's definitely a very pro-Israel sort of thing and a lot of the students are just like a little leery of maybe getting locked into this trip you know bought and paid for by somebody else and then they just have to listen to all this like (laughs) pro-israel propaganda or you know it's just going to be religious sites and that's not what they really want to go do or whatever they have to go and work on a kibbutz or something like that (laughs) for 10 days yeah uh but anyways i mean actually that's i would personally if i was a young jewish kid i'd be like Free trip. Free trip. Hell yeah. I, hey, your name's, anywhere. your name's Feldman. You probably could have done it. I probably could have done could've, it. Could've I could have just off. snuck in right. under the radar. Uh, they wouldn't have even asked for any credentials. <laughs> oh, his name's Feldman. <laughs> Do you know Abe? Do you know yeah, Abe? You yeah, know exactly. Abe? I have a cousin, Shlomo Feldman. Are you related to him? <laughs> Forgetting the fact that it's Feldman, as, all on its own, is... Not an uncommon last name. No. It's not one of the, you know, it's and not it's Jones a, or Williams or anything And it's a German like name. It's technically not a Jewish name. Yeah, it? but it's kind of a 50-50 thing. Right, right. If, if you have the last name Feldman You're in more... Germany, it's 50-50. In right. the United States, the, it's a pretty safe assumption. If you meet a Feldman, they're probably Jewish. In Salt Lake, one we the... even have a Feldman's Deli that's a Jewish deli. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, there you no, go. That's true. Uh, but anyways, um, so they are responding to this dip in their numbers. Oh. And uh, they are broadening their definition of Jewish. Oh, so you could go. <laughs> I probably could. <laughs> At this point, it probably would be pretty easy to go. Uh, they are, they're, they're trying, they're, they're reaching out. They've, they've, they've hired a, a marketing and social media agency called Mr. Youth <laughs> uh, to, uh, to reach out to, to find sort of the lesser Jewy people, mm. college students, right? The the ones who aren't sort of easy to find because they're right. like, you know, I don't know, attending a synagogue or something. Right. Know? Yeah. Like they're they're trying to find kids who maybe have one Jewish parent. Right. 
Uh, and uh, apparently it was a grand success. And the numbers for this year are looking fantastic. Oh, good. And uh, <laughs> they're 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 gonna they're gonna be able to keep doing the thing. But I thought the whole thing was pretty amazing. I want a fr- I want a free trip for something that I'm only vaguely associated with <laughs> sure i just so this descendants is, of butchers this is horrible <laughs> like that horrible. would be that would be a good one i gotta say you know this is horrible but my when you started to talk about like trying to find these sort of more vaguely jewish people yeah. i the image that popped into my head was just somebody going around college campuses going you with the nose come here <laughs> oh <laughs> Anyway, well, that's probably not how they did it, but yeah, that's probably not for the number. Um, you know, the number of people who claim, like, I have, I, I have a friend who, uh, who, who is our friend who is half Sioux Indian, Cameron. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, who he he has this he has this thing where he says, uh, anyone who claims that they're like. If they, there are oh, a lot of white people who claim to be part Indian. Well, it's uh, yeah, I'm 132nd Cherokee. Right. He says that he, his yeah. claim is that if they say the word Cherokee, you know they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they say I'm part white White Mountain Apache or something, then then it's like a little more legit. But right, if, they, right, right. if they use the word Cherokee, you know they're lying. Oh my god! But now people are going to start. What about Sue? I think Sue, you're 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 on pretty good ground. That's that's the one I'm 132nd of. Oh, you are. I'm also 132nd Cherokee, but uh-huh. but that's also legit. Sure, yar, <laughs> sure, yar. But yeah, now people are going to start claiming that they're you know 132nd Jewish just so that they what? get a free trip. Wow. Okay. And then they can go and live there if they like it. I don't know why they would want to, but you know there must be reasons. I've never been to Israel. I don't know. Mm. It just seems like there's a lot of fighting. Mm. Grump- I mean, yeah, it does grumpiness. It's not the first place that comes to mind when I think of like vacation hotspot. No, nor yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah when they, when you know that when all of the news that comes out of there is like who's fighting whom now yeah. and where's you know where's the bombing happening this time yeah. and where's yeah. this yeah. Anyway. But I but I wouldn't turn down a free trip. No, I don't think I would either. Just yeah. depending on how much how much of the uh, of the timeshare spiel I have to sit through. <laughs> that's that's the question. <laughs> Anyway, I'm well, gonna probably be. It's a Jewish trip. It'd probably just be mostly over my head. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna take I don't a left. Even know what you're talking about. I'll take a left turn at Albuquerque and get us into Texas. Woo! Uh, where we're gonna talk about one Mr. Warren Jeffs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who is who is the the leader of the of the uh, the FLDS the the Fundamentalist Latter Day Saints uh, group? They they like to marry lots of girls. Those uh, those those FLDS men have lots of wives. Yeah, no, they're That's good at it. That's kind of what they're famous for, and they're good at it. And they're good they at having, it all figured out. The the wives thing. Yeah. Uh, well, they have it kind they're of figured out. Them. They they are unfortunately like Jeffs is in jail right now because some of the wives that he was good at getting were like fourteen and twelve years old. Yeah, I'm not saying that. They, they, that it was moral. <laughs> no, no. But or, but he sure got him some he wives. Got, he figured out how to get a bunch of wives. Yeah. For those who don't remember, I mean, you 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 might recall that back in two thousand eight, uh, there was a there was a big raid on their ranch in Texas, uh-huh. the the Yearning for Zion Ranch near El Dorado, Texas, <laughs> uh, and four hundred and sixteen children were initially removed. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. was a huge compound. This it is this big, thing yeah. was crowded. 
Well, they, I mean, and they they built like a temple. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually, the figure rose to four hundred and sixty-eight uh, kids r- removed once their mother once it was found out that some of their mothers were under eighteen. Um, and then eventually, a hundred about one hundred and thirty women voluntarily left the compound. And there's there's just been a whole lot of like crazy back and forth there. Right. I mean, eventually, they the children were returned to their to the complex after the Texas Supreme Court said that they had no business removing the children. Mm. Anyway, uh, things have progressed. Jeff's went to jail. There's been a lot of allegations of uh, child uh, sexual assault and child abuse, which I think, yeah, if you're marrying off 12- and 15-year-old girls to 50-year-old men, yeah, yeah, I think we can count that as as, uh, pretty much as awful as you can get. So uh, the state of Texas is now... uh, is now taking the ranch. Oh, it is okay. now. It now it seized it. It is seized. the uh, The author- Texas authorities have initiated the seizure. It's a sixteen hundred acre ranch, uh, and uh, and now uh, apparently there's only eight residents left on the ranch, oh. and they're working with those eight to uh, peacefully skedaddle. Wow! So that the so that the state can take it back over. Wow. Yeah. Oh, That's yearned, what happens. Yearned for Zion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yearned and did not achieve. Oh, poor guys. Oh. So yeah, there you uh, go. If you live anywhere near El Dorado, there might be some cheap land for sale. With a beautiful temple. A gorgeous, a, you know, the whole thing is you just know, stunning. I, I would love to own a former compound. It would be kind of fun, wouldn't yeah. it? You could you kind of go through all the secret passages and everything, <laughs> see what you can find. I would literally, yeah, you'd have to check all the walls, like yeah. knocking on them, just to see if there's something hidden there. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be fun. I think you'd have to rename all the streets, though. Mm-hmm. You, if you were going to really turn it into a subdivision or something, like, yeah, yeah, you probably would have to. Yeah, you'd have some work ahead of you. Yeah. That's for sure. I my my sister in law is moving, like. 40 miles away from it. Really? So if we go out and visit, I might have to just take a little road trip out and see. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. All right. Well, um, my next story uh, is also Jewish in nature. This was not planned, but uh, (laughs) it it just turned out to be another interesting story that caught my attention. Sure. Um, So the United States um, uh, State Department... Uh, well, the government in general, uh, when, uh, when, when, when you, let, let's say you were a foreign born American citizen. Okay. Um, the place of birth, uh, that, that's listed on your passport uh-huh. would simply say the country sure. where you were born. Okay. Okay. Um, th- they don't get all into the details of like what city or county or anything. Right. right? And, uh. And so, this is how it goes for everyone. Okay. Unless you were born in Jerusalem. And oh. they put Jerusalem. They don't put Israel. They do not put Israel, and they have not put Israel ever. The not, word... not since the, the Israel's creation in 1948 has the U.S. government ever put Israel... Instead of Jerusalem. Now, now if what, you were in, born it, in Tel Aviv, they put Israel. 
Oh, weird. Okay, but Jerusalem, since it's always been little, in question, a little sketchy, and like whether or not the you know the state of Israel actually had the entire city or just parts of the city or huh. whatever, just just so the U.S. doesn't officially say who they believe Jerusalem belongs to. It's the capital of the country. Yeah, well, <laughs> but we also put our, our embassy in Tel Aviv. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we don't care where they say their capital is. Right. It's where does the United States recognize to be in Israel? Wow. Isn't this fascinating? Okay, yeah. it's, it's interesting. So so what is happening is there is a case that's going to be going uh, in front of the Supreme Court. Um uh pretty soon uh well no they they said monday that they will review a lower court's ruling um on a case where so these people have been suing to get their child's passport uh-huh changed to say israel the child was born in jerusalem his passport he's like 11 right now oh uh. and they want it to say israel and so they, they're suing the government to get it changed. And the government's like, no way. Well, a lower court um, said, no, cool, yeah, put Israel. Oh, and shit. And so now it's going up to the Supreme Court, and they're going to decide. Well, there was a law passed in 2002 that authorized identifying Jerusalem as part of Israel on U.S. passports. Yeah, but the State Department is not doing it because the 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 Bush administration at the time uh, issued a signing statement on this huge foreign policy law that got passed through Congress. Well, you know we don't have a line item veto, right? And so presidents issue signing statements, and so he's like, after he signed uh, the, the 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 whole thing into law, he said the United the United States position on Israel has not changed, and he signed it. Okay, huh. so the State Department has not changed how they're handling passports right. and and whatnot, and so they're suing this this couple is suing to get the 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 government the State Department to comply with this law that was passed back in two thousand two. Well, this is actually kind of a tricky tricky case because it brings into signing statements, yeah, it brings, yeah, into, yeah. It brings a lot of things into into the the issue and i'm looking at so i went to google maps because i wanted to sort of get a sense of the lay of the land because i i haven't i might you know my geography in the middle east is not great right so i decided to look up look at it there's a lot of just un undistinguishable dotted lines (laughs) there's like hard lines and then it's like wait where does jordan and and israel begin is it this dotted line? Yeah, is it this dotted line? Where? Do, what are these things? So, yeah, it seems even Google's unclear. Yeah. Well, our government is uh, is definitely not wanting to, like, jump into the middle of it. And the executive branch is like, we can't take a, a, a side on this. As soon as we say on our passports, you the, know, like... That Jerusalem is in Israel. Is, that Jerusalem, as, long as, as soon as we start acknowledging that officially on on. on on government issued documents, right? We're, we've taken a side, right, in this. So, anyways, that's well. There you go. I think it's it's frankly it's, it's one to watch because there's actually. I mean, you think about it, and there's there, it's not just limited to this one issue. Yeah, whatever the Supreme Court decides, they they're they're really wading into something tricky. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there you go. I uh, I hope they can. But I hope course, they can sort it out. Well, I mean, it's what they're trained to do. <laughs> it's their job. It's their job. It's technically their job. Part part of the um, the, uh, the the first day, you know, um, what, what's that called when you get your first your orientation, <laughs> your first day orientation when you're a new justice, right? Is like uh, this job can be tricky, right? There are some there are, some pitfalls. Sometimes you can kind of wade into some controversy. <laughs> Far-reaching effects, right? We do recommend that you uh, that you you do a little reading. <laughs> this, this, this job requires reading <laughs> and research. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We uh, in so there's this Utah case that's going to go to the, 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 the that's currently uh, in its uh, appeals process for the mm-hmm. gay the gay marriage the 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 banning of of the state ban on gay marriage or, or it's, <laughs> how do you even word that you know what i'm talking about though so when the uh kitchen shelby versus, kitchen versus herbert uh is but, is is the name of the case it's yes. it's on its way to uh the it, it's in the appellate court now right it will be it everyone expects it to go to the supreme court at some point right except for have you i mean i'm sure you're bringing up the technicality. Are you bringing up the technicality? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not going there. I'm not. Okay. I am just introducing uh, one Mister uh, Regenerous into this conversation. Oh, um, this is a guy uh, who's a uh, sociologist at Texas uh, University of Texas at Austin. Okay. Um, and he uh, he's a uh, a controversial figure. Mm. He's the only one who's ever who's produced a study that claims to purport that purports to say, or he claims his study says that uh, children from gay marriages don't fare as well as children from straight marriages. Which there's a, a whole sort of litany of other uh, of other studies that that say the opposite is the case, and that there's no difference uh, in how well children fare. Just based on that one difference, mm. um, his paper has been roundly criticized. That paper has been roundly criticized, and even though it was published in a respectable journal, that journal has backed off of it and uh, said that they regret publishing it. And uh, and and the state of Utah actually, and so this was the biggest blow I think that this paper's ever received. Be- the state of Utah, right before they went into appeals reneged on like it was that that paper was part of their their case yeah and they pulled it yeah they filed a letter right before the uh right before the 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 appellate trial began distancing themselves from this case that's how shitty this dude's science was yeah well he's got a new paper out oh yay more more (laughs) more science it's not out yet the credit it's not discredited right exactly it's not out yet uh but he's he's going to be releasing it uh he said in september i think but he decided to release some uh uh, some of what he feels are the takeaways from this uh and i think we've all learned to Mm. take that with a minor grain of salt Mm. but this one's about sex and religion Dun-dun-dun. Ooh, sexy religion. Sexy religion. Ooh, hi. Hey. Hey. So he said, so so he asked a, a whole bunch of, he asked um, f- over uh, almost 6,000 people, ages 18 to 39, uh, about behavior 
uh, everything from porn use and masturbation to uh, marriage and views on social issues. That's oh my, what okay. And uh, and and then he he you know apparently he's going to be publishing the results. I don't know if he's going to be publishing them in a journal that's respectable because I don't know who would mm. take his stuff after the, all of or, this. Or publishing on foxnews.com. Right, exactly. The Blaze. Look for this on The Blaze <laughs> uh, when you can. But uh, he, but he did want us to know a few things. Uh, for instance, he says about 50% of younger evangelicals had premarital sex with their spouse. Oh. With their spouse. That's a, but that's... still premarital. Seems like a lot. Compare that to the percent of Mormons who say they did the same thing. How many do you think? What percentage do you think? Mormons of Mormons. Mormons. I don't. I don't. I think Mormons kind of follow through with their their dumb little no sexy belief. So what do you think? It's low. It's low. It's ten percent. Really? Which is still. I was going to say like fifteen to twenty. No, it's ten. Mormons. Mormons. Wow. You and I know. I mean, there's a lot. It Mormons it are serious about this shit. They are really serious about that shit. So that they, they don't have premarital sex at all or premarital sex with their partner? Well apparently this is with their spouse. I don't know. I mean it's hard all of these are so tricky. I mean half I of the that, half of the time Mormons get married so that they can have sex. Yeah, but I also think that like a lot of kids a lot of Mormon kids you know, they'll they fool around and end up having sex and whatnot. Right. But it, I think the one that they be... marry is the one that they're really like they take this <laughs> stuff really seriously with. Right. There's also the, you know what I mean? that thing of like with Mormons you have to parse out, well, what does sex mean? Yeah. Because is anal I, count? Well, because I could just stick it in and just hold still. Mm-hmm. And that's not having sex. That's called floating. That's floating. I'm just in. I'm not going in and out. The, the, sex involves a thrusting. <laughs> just, no you, thrust, no sex. Right, yeah. The, That's the, the BYU Mormon, the campus Mormon, logic. Mormons there. get kind of crazy about it. Uh, he also says that Mormons are the least likely religious group to be in a sexually inactive marriage. Really? I found that interesting. I had to sort of sit and think about that one for a minute. I, looking out at Mormondom, I find that disgusting. <laughs> Oh, stop. <laughs> I do think, I, I wonder, though, if there's not a sense of, like, this is, if that's not because patriarchy is so respected in Mormondom wow. that, it, like, if the, the woman just submits, the woman just submits, she's expected to sexify her husband's needs. <laughs> so, uh. That sounds like his, you know, his dinner needs get sexified. Well, that too. Ooh. That too. Burr, 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 make burr, make that casserole a little sexy, why don't you? Come, add, come, add some cumin. <laughs> come, come on, saints in saints. Anyway, uh, yeah, percentage of younger people uh, who are unmarried is going up each year. He finds that very alarming. He's very worried about the f- the percentage of younger people who are not married. Either either they've divorced already, or they're or they're just not having had their first marriage yet. Oh my god. He says he says by twenty twenty, this is a full scale disaster for for the church and society. He said in an interview, so many unmarried young people. He said marriage is foundational for civil society. We don't have every we don't have to have everybody married, but you can't solve if you can't solve problems in the household. There's a lot more community dependence. Oh no, community sounds... dependence. <laughs> that sounds awful. Don't you young unmarried people know how much you're ruining the whole world? You're ruining it. 
Okay. Me and my friends are ruining the You world. are totally ruining. Although, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're living together with but, somebody, but though. The problem is... You might as well be married. I... Yeah, but that's not how I'm ruining the world. No, well, you're ruining the world by being queer. Yeah, yeah. But I was ruining the world before I got married. Like, yeah. Andrea and I were just living together. We weren't even married yeah. for a while. I know. It's terrible. It's awful. It's terrible. Ugh. Uh, younger women, uh, this this will come as a shock to exactly zero people. Younger, uh-huh. He found that younger women have more fluid sexual identities than men. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Yeah, he says... That's what he needs to do his study on. Well, I'm sure he wants to. (laughs) Now tell me more about this girl-on-girl action. So... He mm. he pointed to the uh, the current the new mayor of uh, of New York, Bill De Blasio, who's mm-hmm. married to a uh, a former lesbian, as she is frequently described. Oh my goodness, really? He's and and he, so he's like, yeah, these these girls, they uh, they they they're refusing to label themselves fully heterosexual. Oh. Shameful, <laughs> just awful. Former lesbian? I know. I know. It's funny. I was having a conversation with a with a lesbian friend of mine, a lesbian couple friend of mine the other day, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh how one of them one of them had had given a blowjob to a a, a B-list celebrity. Oh. Not C, B at the okay. time, probably okay. D now, but at the time sure. B-list. Um and uh and 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 how embarrassing like the whole affair was for her and and then i i said i asked her partner if she had ever had sex with a man uh-huh. and her and her she said her other so the girl that i asked the first girl said no she's a gold star lesbian cuz she hasn't had sex oh, with a right, man right, or whatever yeah, and right. i thought to my and and at first i was i thought that was funny it's cute whatever but then i realized why are we applauding this bisexuality in my view is a miracle. If you can be a bisexual, go do it. I'm all for it. Just rub your goodies anywhere. You just get to have more, so much more sex. You've got yeah. so many more options. I would kill to be bisexual. It'd be amazing. <laughs> but no. I don't know, though. Mm. What? It still seems distasteful. <laughs> you are just are not being imaginative enough. I, <sighs> you're just grossed out by girls, and you're letting that cloud things. Yeah, and there's no <laughs> part of me that's like, well, that would that would be cool. Well, I'll tell you why. What? Be, well, here's here's the deal for me. When when I was just divorced from my first wife, and I, I kind of, I really kind of wanted to make a slut phase happen in my life. I wanted yeah, to go yeah, out yeah. and yeah, and and have a lot of sex yeah. and just see what that was about. Because I, you know, I really hadn't didn't have that much experience. And let me tell you something. If I could have been gay. I could have been getting laid every damn night. I could have been getting laid all the time. Yeah, but not with people you'd want to be getting laid with. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, because that's the big myth. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But it's not going to be. Yeah, you can all find someone is, to have no, sex with. No, I could have found. I mean, just going to the parties that I so, went to. You know how many gay guys someone. I know. I, mm. I'm just saying. Getting laid with a woman mm, it's is not... a lot trickier than getting laid with a guy. No, and I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> what I'm saying is there that while gay men do have a, probably a, a lot of sex and a lot of, uh, uh, and maybe even on average a higher percentage of sexual of sex partners throughout right. their lives and all that, but like it's 
it's not every night that you're going to find someone that you want to have sex with. You can find someone to have sex right. with. But are you going to find someone that you won't hate yourself in the morning for having had sex with? That's that's the important question. Anyway, that's anyway, there we go. So so I we have this regenerous this new regenerous uh, paper to look forward to. I and I honestly wait. thought it was a beauty product, regenerous. <laughs> I think it is. It is. You can slather it on and and well, it it removes fine lines. And and the uh, the traces of having been raised by a gay parent, it it, it helps with all of that. <laughs> really? No, that's interesting. <laughs> I think it would show just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. So um, my final story, Dan, is that of a woman who just wanted to go to Sri Lanka. What? And upon going, a British woman, yeah, just wanted to. She she's a tourist going through that part of the world. She'd been in India for a while, going over to Sri Lanka, and she was taken into custody. What? At the uh, the the airport? No, in Colombo. Did she, did she have drugs? No. Did worse, worse, worse than drugs. What did she have? Um, she has a tattoo of a Buddha seated on a lotus flower on her right arm. <laughs> and she was arrested for, quote, hurting others' religious feelings. Oh. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Was it My a... religious feelings. Was it, was it a cartoon Buddha, like, with a goofy face and crossed eyeballs and, like, going, <laughs> boop doop I'm Buddha. Well, first of all, I'd like to see that tattoo on someone. Sure. That would be a nice tattoo. Who doesn't no, want that? No. This is a nice... It's a very respectful Buddha. There's some swirly things. There's like a sun maybe behind his head. He's sitting on some some lotus flowers. The only color... So it's that sort of that, that indigo mm-hmm. tattoo color, right? right? Everything's that. Except for there's some color in, in, in the flowers. Huh. And that's it. And then below it, there's some kind of... I don't know what that thing is. But there's something below it. And, but, uh, I mean, but it's just basically very respectful. She obviously she's probably a Buddhist. Yeah, I some kind of right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, the article doesn't go into that. Um, <laughs> just she, just um, having that tattoo, having the tattoo, and the the picture of her. She's wearing a t-shirt, and she's had to like pull the ta- the the t-shirt up to reveal the tattoo. I mean, the tattoo starts at sort of. At her shoulder, right, right, and then it works down her arm. So the upper arm—it's it's just upper arm, upper arm—and and the Buddha would be completely concealed by a T-shirt, right? There would be more. There'd be the other half of the of the tattoo would be outside of the T-shirt, but the Buddha <laughs> is covered by the T-shirt. So uh, this is, of course, not the first time that uh, foreign uh, visitors to Sri Lanka have. With uh, with body art depicting uh, Buddha oh. has uh, gotten them into. Is Sri Lanka largely a, a Buddhist country? Um, it is. Buddhism is the religion of the country's majority ethnic Sinhalese. Uh, yes. Huh. Yes. The majority is Sinhalese, and Buddhism is their religion. Okay. And uh, yeah, bat- Buddhist tattoos are seen as being culturally insensitive. Oh, how dare you! How dare tattoo you? in a respectful manner 
the person our, our, that we venerate. Our, yes. I was going to say deity, but not a deity. Um, yes, this this very important figure. Right. The founder. The founder of our of our shit here. Right, yeah. And you're going to tattoo him on your body? Right. How dare you? How dare you Leave indeed. this country now. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Immediately. She appeared before a magistrate uh, who ordered her deportation to Britain. And uh, this story is a couple days old, and there has not been an update as to whether or not she has left the country yet. Wow. Well, yeah. you know, I, I think the takeaway from this is very clear. Uh, wear a damn shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the deal. If you're being a tourist uh -huh. and you're visiting some of, you know, if you're going to Western Europe for your tourism stuff, go crazy. Yeah. You're going to get away with murder. Let your dick hang out. It doesn't even matter <laughs> at Dep that point. Depending on where you're going. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, but if if you're going to uh, maybe a slightly more foreign yeah foreign if you, if destination, you, you're not clear exotic in some way on the you, customs of a place. Make sure you're, you're if play you're, it safe, dummy. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, you got to be there for a while before you know what you can and can't do. You yeah. gotta you gotta chill for a minute. I mean, I was just in India. You you play it cool. You don't start spouting. You don't start. Play it cool, Daddy O. That's right. Just play it cool. Just play it cool, Daddy O. <laughs> That's all it is. Cool your jets, Big D. <laughs> Keep it under the hood until mm. you know what's rocking. Yeah. That's that's the advice it, from TGIA, play, play baby. Play it cool. <laughs> you go to India, just play it cool. Just play it cool, baby. It's all well, good. Well, she was in India. I know. Well, she did okay there. She and was probably wearing a... She, it was probably hot, so she was wearing like a like a tank top or something. But the thing is, you just got—you just have to know that there's that there's way, major cultural differences. People are sensitive about things when you go to places, the, their, and sometimes those sensitivities feelings got hurt. And so, well, but and sometimes those sensitivities get put into law. I mean, yeah. it's the same in the Middle East. Don't go traveling around with your like, you know, with your cross on your with Jesus hanging out on your arm, thinking you're going to be just safe everywhere. You're going to hurt some religious feelings. You do that, you're in trouble, man. That's you don't want to do it. <laughs> well, you, I don't want to hurt religious feelings, really, ever. I, I'm, I'm not about hurting feelings. Yeah. Sometimes I hurt feelings inadvertently because I have to say what I've got to say. Yeah. But that's not the goal. Right. Here's the deal, though. Yo. Here's the deal. Um, these are some pretty thin-skinned religious <laughs> folks. Yeah. First it, especially of all. for Buddhists. Yeah. You're Buddhists. The whole philosophy is like, let it roll off. Like the the entire philosophy is based around like just chill out. I think these Buddhists take themselves a little more seriously than that. Yeah, the, the, these are not your garden variety uh, 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 North American uh, lotus sitters. Formerly, you know, Protestant, <laughs> right. now Buddhist, uh, right? Uh, Buddhists. No, no. Well, I mean, and we keep hearing stories about this area of the world, you know, in, in, in Burma and wherever, where Buddhists are, like, fighting with Muslims and, like, burning mosques down these and are, stuff. These are angry Buddhists. This is not, yeah, this is not your, uh, this is not your peaceful. They, they, they have not figured out the whole chillax thing. Yet. No, no, it hasn't gotten to there yet. <laughs> oh Did my I God. just say chillax? I think so. <laughs> that word was placed in my head by somebody else this morning. Well... So you still used it. I used it. Well, it's, it seemed fitting. With the it whole, does. It does seem fitting. You know, I'm pretty sure that's what I think Buddha coined that phrase. <laughs> he was the original chillaxer. S S Siddhartha Buddha. 
uh, yeah, he just uh, come sit under this tree with me and chillax, people. Just chillax. I think I was at the temple where he said that in, in <laughs> India. I'm pretty sure it's, it's in. Uh, it's 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you. I love quizzes. I know, but I'm the quiz giver. No, well, this is just one question. It's just one. It's just one. <sighs> That's not much of a quiz. No, it's Dan. not really a quiz. It's just a question. Uh, I'm there is a a um a what is he a Purdue University sociology professor mm-hmm. who predicts oh. that by 2030 okay another country in the world will have supplanted the U.S. for having the most Christians Nigeria. That's <laughs> an interesting uh, point. I I will first China. I will first say that there are so, you only you only need okay I'm sorry. Seventy seventy eight percent currently, according to Pew, according to the Pew Research uh, Center, seventy more than seventy eight percent of U.S. population uh, is identifies as Christian. So you're going to have to get over like it's like two hundred and some odd million people. Yeah, that are at least that many in the country. Right now, mind you, that number is going down. Right. So our number goes down while this country's number goes up. And what what's your guess? Final answer. Well, I'm trying to think of large countries. Right. You got to have a good population that that could be on the rise. Sure. With Christianity. So, I would say you don't need mm-huh. You just need a place that either right now is hostile toward religion to become more relaxed and right. so therefore the, the the you would see rapid growth in the country, say like a China. Mhm. Right. Or you need some place where you just got a lot of people and they might be amenable to converting to Christianity if they aren't already. Right. Like a Nigeria. Sure. Which is why I went there because it's a big country. Um, I have no clue. The, the answer is the people's Republic of China. Okay. All yep. right. Yep. So, uh, y- yeah, it's a, it's a country that is largely hostile to church. Uh-huh. Uh, however, right now, I mean, their their population is nearly 1.4 billion people, so they don't need that high a percentage of people no. to beat us. No, exactly. Uh, so basically, right now, it, it, well, it's it's in the opening scene of the Social Network, uh, the 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 Mark Zuckerberg character uh-huh. is claiming that there are more geniuses in China. More IQ geniuses right. in China than there are people in the United States. Right. Just just as a numbers game. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes, uh, I was realizing like when I was in India and I was sort of contemplating the poverty, I was like, wow, there are more people well below what the U.S. poverty line is here than there are people in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, way over. Anyway, um, yeah, China has 1.4 billion people in it. Uh, Just currently, as of 2010, just 5% of China's population were Christian, but that still equals 67 million. Jesus. So, uh, and it's growing pretty rapidly. Um, the, the, the government is hostile to it, but they, they sort of look the other way. There's a lot of, uh, house churches, people worshiping in house churches. Those are illegal, but it happens a lot in China. Um, and, and China ranks among, apparently there's a group called world watch list that ranks China as the 37th worst country in the world for Christian persecution. Uh, okay. The best being, I don't know here. I don't know. 
Like I, I, like the best being really good at persecuting Christians. <laughs> oh no or no no! The best being the best being you don't get persecuted. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be. I see where you're going with that. Sorry. Just... Yeah. So, but I mean, this. So this is very interesting. China could suddenly be this. Uh, this. I mean, it's officially a country that uh, that isn't supposed to have a religion. The official religion is nothing. Is us, technically, theoretically, huh? I mean, the technically the official religion American is a, consumers is atheism. Mm, yeah, yeah. But, huh? Yeah. Well, all right, there you go. Uh, that's interesting. China, they've got too many people. They just have a lot of people. Period. Yeah, and mind you, on, on that list, uh, China is not listed as suffering. Uh, extreme persecution right they're uh they're they're not even severe just moderate persecution mm. or is it sparse actually they may be oh no their color coding is tricky it looks like uh they've got a code that they don't actually use <laughs> so oh, okay that's there you go that's useful yep so anyway they're uh china on track to uh and i say Every Christian in the United States should probably go to China to get uh, those numbers up. Yeah, that's a great idea. Go off and live there. You'll 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 do some good missionary work. You'll get more of God's people, and uh, and 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 just go over there. That'd be I, great. Yeah. I love it when people convert to Christianity, <laughs> and also convert to being Chinese. Yeah, I think I think that's the key. I think that's the key. God wants you to be Chinese. I'm pretty sure it says that in is it Matthew or is it I mean it might be uh Corinthians. Mm. Uh the epistles to the Corinthians. It says something about go go be Chinese. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Right. And it came to pass that Jesus said unto them, "Be thou Asian." <laughs> and of the Asian countries. Yeah, just Chinese national. We we favor China. We're not talking about changing your ethnicity <laughs> you just become a citizen of the, Re- the people's republic of china and you live there and live there the rest of your days <laughs> not here not here go work <laughs> you can go work in a foxconn factory oh my god we're so mean <laughs> anyway all right so um if you if, have anything to say about any of this listeners if you are offended by us or not offended enough by us you can uh you can write to us our our email address is podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442 right or uh you can you can even go onto our facebooks uh that's facebook.com slash tgi atheist where You'll see all sorts of good things uh, thrown up there by our friend Mackenzie. Absolutely. Or you could visit www.thankgodimatheist.com. Frank, do you want to talk about that a little bit? The rollout of our new website. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. We're going to be blogging, yeah. uh, now regularly. We have committed to this. And, uh, and one of the great new features of the website is that on the, the, on the site, on the column that is uh, recent podcasts, mm-hmm. you can see, I think it's three or four of our most recent podcasts. And if you click on the title of the podcast, you can go to a page where you can comment yeah. on the podcast. You can uh, you can share the podcast. You right. can, there's like, what did I say? Like 290 some odd different ways that you can share. Because we've never really so had a way that you can, you can comment on a specific 
episode before without just like going to the blog and like commenting on whatever the most recent blog post is and right. being like, hey, you didn't. But now you but can do now it. Now it's actually a part of the website. Um, you can and you listen can sh- to it there. You mm-hmm. can you can do anything. And you can you – know, we have one of those little share things. You click on it. You could share it on Facebook. You could email it to a friend if you're like, this episode's awesome and it makes it easy and streamlined. You want to throw it up on Reddit? If you want to put it on Reddit, there's a there's a button right there. Yeah. Go, go to Reddit. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you can still, of course, buy merchandise there. You yeah, can, you can... Uh, become a supporter. Um, and like I said, we're going to be uh, doing regular, at least for the time being, weekly um, blog posts. Dan yeah. will do one. I'm going to do one. And just as kind of a teaser of some stuff that's going to be coming up. Um, I, I, I'm going to be taking on the, you know, Jesus appearing on pancakes, right? you know, breakfast he, food for, yeah, from he, God. He's, he's all powerful, <laughs> but yet he chooses breakfast food to spread his message. Sure. I think it's great. Uh, and Dan is going to do a little, uh, a little, uh, recap of our experience and particularly his experience. He went a little bit more than I did to the American Atheist Convention. Yeah. So that's going to be coming up in the next week. On the blog. On the blog. So visit that www.thankgodimatheist.com. Not hard to, f- to remember. No, if you know the name of the podcast, you can find it. And you can contact us there from there now too. And Absolutely. So all of the things. Yep. We actually are now webby. We're, we've taken a major, 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 major step. In, now, if we truly want to be webby, we have to follow through with all this. Yeah. And actually do it. We're going to do it. We're doing it. <laughs> no. No. Uh, you know, it's it's a huge, huge thing for us. Uh, it's been in the works for quite a while. We've been teasing about it. And, you know, one of the things that's pretty awesome about all of you listeners, uh, before we go to our break, is how many of you uh, volunteered your web design Mm. Uh, services and uh you know we didn't get back to all of you uh we thank you for offering that it was all under control the entire time we have a friend who helps us out with such things right and uh but if you have any if you have any suggestions we're we're open to hearing what you think about it absolutely feedback is good yeah we'll listen to you yeah anywho uh what do we got we're gonna hear somebody say something yeah uh we're gonna take a patty break uh, and uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's just some good old-fashioned Pat Robertson lunacy. Well, we have a board of trustees, member of Regent University, who's a heart surgeon who had a man die. Mm. And uh, he was, they were, had called the code, and they were getting ready to take him out. And all of a sudden, God said, go back and, and treat him again. And he said he got over him like this, and all of a sudden he began to shake, and the power of God hit him, and the man came back to life again. Really? Yeah. Really? That, that is a miracle. <laughs> oh, my God. You, just, you, you have to get over him, and you have to shake. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't teach that in medical school. <laughs> what are they doing there in medical B- school? Before you call it. Yeah. Just get over the guy. And time, time of death. When, hold on there, doctor. You haven't prayed over him yet. Did you shake? <laughs> I didn't see you shake. I saw you do a bunch of scalpely things, but yeah, I don't know yeah. that I saw you shook. Some chest compressions. You did a lot. Yeah. I give you credit. Yeah. But what about the... Because <laughs> that's really important. That's yeah, a big part of it. That's it. That's it. People don't just heal themselves. No. Dan. No. And you know what? Science has its limits. It does. Dan. That's, this is a true point <sighs> that you're making. Um, we, we, we've, been, we've been contacted by some folks, so we should probably 
let's respond to them. <laughs> let's 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 have let's a hear chat. what they have to say. Um, uh, Cameron wrote in. Now you and I have met Cameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was at the uh, the pizza event that we went to uh, a bit ago. He wrote in and he said um, he was listening to our latest show, number one twenty seven, and uh, we were talking. Do you remember Frank? We were talking about uh, the Mormon Church, and you had a story about the Mormon Church suing. Or, or sending a cease and desist letter to some guys who were trying to start a Mormon Mormon dating website. Dating thing. website because yeah. they they claimed that they own the word Mormon and the yeah. word dating and the word website. Well, and, clearly they do. <laughs> right. Nobody else has any claim to any of those words. Right. Well, here's the dealio. Cameron says that his family uh, started a business uh, oh. a while back. Okay. Uh, so this is to the point. They started a business called LDS Yard Art, which was like they'd set up <laughs> large signs for birthdays and mission farewells and oh, all of that cute. sort of thing. Okay. Uh, a few weeks after, he says, a few weeks after we set up our website we got and got our DBA and business license, the church sent us, my stepdad, a cease and desist letter from, from the church saying that they owned the word LDS. Oh, uh, they my. obviously don't have much legal standing in these cases because my stepdad sent them a two-page letter with all the URLs he could find with LDS or Mormon in the name. <laughs> he says a ton of porn sites and anti-Mormon sites included. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I, he says, I don't think they can do anything, really do anything legally. However, the church suspended my stepdad's temple recommend. Oh, my. Till he took down the site. God. And threatened with a church uh, court. <gasps> so these guys probably have been what? threatened by the church with more force than from the lawyers. Oh my God. They play dirty. They play dirty. But that's the one thing they, that like no Mormon can like no good Mormon can go against that. That's the, that is the fuck you moment. That's it. That is the fuck you moment. That is the moment when I don't know how you go. Oh, oh, oh not my temple recommend. And you're not just like, Wait a second. You don't get to use that as just like power to get me to do any old thing you want. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, this is this is exactly the thing. People don't understand how forceful that kind of influence is within the Mormon church. Wow. This is why people put, should probably be a little bit worried if Mitt Romney becomes president. Well, it's probably why Mitt Romney will run again. They're probably holding his temple recommend. <laughs> You're going to run. Oh, if you no, ever you, want to step foot in one of these I temples I don't want again. to this time. You're, oh, you're no. going to run. You're going to run. Yeah. It's like The Firm. Yeah. Except, I didn't see that movie, but I, oh, I believe you. Tom Cruise. You didn't see Tom Cruise in The Firm? No. Wait. <sighs> oh, wait. Was that one of those Grisham ones? Yeah. Maybe I saw it. Yeah. Maybe that's I saw a good it. one. I was thinking, what was the one I was thinking of? I was thinking of the... The one with uh, with with Vanilla with Sky, Matt Damon as and 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 the Mad Men chasing him, all the angels and stuff and, and guys in fedoras what? chasing him. It was recent. Matt Damon, Matt it? Damon, yeah, fedoras, yeah, people chasing him, yeah. You mean the 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 the, the... no? That was a Matt Damon. What do you Matt think, Damon? Hang on, I'm think. I don't know. I. I'll find it. I'll find the it. The company. Yeah, isn't that it? The 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 something. The 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 lawyers. <laughs> the the uh, the adjustment bureau. No, it was not the adjustment bureau. Yes, it was. I just looked it up. No, but 
That's that, the one I'm talking about. Right, but Tom Cruise was not in the Adjustment Bureau. I didn't say Tom Cruise. You said Tom Cruise. I said Matt Damon. Was Matt Damon in that? In the Adjustment Bureau? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I didn't see it. So I didn't see it either. But, but Mad, you're right. Madman was running after him. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all looked like Madman, but one of them was actually John Slattery yeah, from, from Madman. Mad Mad yeah. No. That's, that's anyway. Clear. All right. Cool. Anyways, proceed. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay, I'll go on to another another email. Thanks, um, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. This was from Brent. Brent. Yes. Something you get the Brett and the Brent mixed up sometimes. So I it's had to tough. Double check. I live with it and I can't uh, keep it apart. I know, right? Yeah, you, your boyfriend. Who knows what his name is? I don't think any of us really know. I didn't call him anything for the first six months. But I, knew <laughs> I was going to call him the wrong thing. <laughs> Anywho. Um, he wrote in, he told us a whole story that's a little too long for me to read to you, but I'll, I'll recap. Uh, he was LDS. Uh, his, his, his wife was not. His, so he started dating her. They met mm. at a, like an LDS sort of dance kind of thing. Oh. Well, she, and okay. she, apparently told, she apparently told another guy on the dance floor that she, was LDS, that she wasn't LDS, and he just walked away, just left her out on the dance floor. Mormons are such fuckers. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she told him, and, and he stuck around, and then he, he started dating her. Uh, he was at BYU at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. He, he tried to convert her. Like a good Mormon does. You do. Yeah. Uh, And apparently, you know, at one point his parents like contacted their bishop and because he was taking her to church with him and and his parents were like, you contacted the bishop and the bishop was apparently like a horrible fuck to her. Like horrible. When he finally got her to admit what the bishop had said to her, she, he said that, um, he he told her that she needed to stop seeing him because she didn't have as high a moral value of moral values as Mormon girls. <laughs> he basically, just said she was a slut. Yeah, we yeah. we don't we don't date sluts in our religion, whore. <laughs> Leave only, him alone. Only ten percent of our religion is whorish. Right. Exactly. It's. I mean. So. So. Yeah. That was awful. Uh, and then he said his dad. He, so he finally, you know, was going to marry this girl, and his dad sat him down. His dad, who apparently was good friends with with Tommy Monson, the president, the current now president of the My church. God. But his dad just said, uh, uh, you know, he he, he would. Uh, by this point, I'm sure our friend Brent was uh, was. A little wary of what somebody sitting you down, a Mormon sitting you down, is going to say. <laughs> but apparently, he said um, he, he told me to marry her and not allow the church or his family to interfere with the marriage. Well, all which, right, which I think is nice. Eventually, of course, he became an atheist because he had a wife who was smart and helped him see the light. I suppose. All right, cool. Um, Congratulations. And he said he had to get his name removed from the records because um, missionaries wouldn't leave us alone until he had his name removed. Yeah, that sounds that, right. That'll happen. Yep. He, he had a question, though. He said, one question I have is, how does the church handle records of all the people I baptized when I, while I was a missionary? Hmm. It was hundreds, he says. Oh, South America. Must much? have been South America. Philippines, much? Yeah, Brent didn't tell us where it was, but uh, there, there are the certain places where you go and everybody just signs up. Yeah, and Brazil, then, and then they they stop going a month and a half later. Yeah, but they it all sounds super impressive, right? But it's not. Oh, and then there's missionary Frank who didn't baptize a single soul. Woohoo! 
<laughs> I don't have that on my conscience. Right, exactly. You're a poor salesman, but a re- but you don't have to worry about all. I people. was in Italy. I know. Thank you. I There's know. no salesmanship yeah. involved. Like, yeah, you can't possible. I ate pastries and looked at the Colosseum. That was my mission. That's what you should do. Yeah, and lots of pasta. Yeah, indeed. Um, so Brent, I don't know. I we don't know. Uh, we 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 checked in with each other. We don't know anything about what the church does with those records, except that they're internal. Yeah, you'll never get access to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you would you would need some you would need some Tom Cruise level infiltration skills. Mm, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, mission impossible get it hey. it's your mission and it's oh impossible to God. get the records That's of it funny uh, i'm sure they know how many people you you did on your mission you converted <laughs> <laughs> not, not did converted Sorry. Um, my guess is they probably have a crazy database yeah that's totally searchable they could probably program in a nice little search pull up all the people you baptized or maybe you you know conf- you know put gave the holy ghost whatever right they know. They know, but they won't tell you. No. He, that's lost. What I, yeah. what I love is the idea that, it, to my mind, what immediately popped into my head when you asked that question, Brent, was that it seemed... I, w- I wondered if, oh, does he want to go back and tell them, no, 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 I was just kidding. I was wrong. Um, I've known of people who've done that. Who have gone to the... Yeah. P- I'm sorry. Or even just back in the day, they would write letters and just be like, I've, I'm so sorry, I've left the church, and... I can't believe I was ever involved in right. bringing you into it. Not that that would help. Once people are in, well, if the, if the people so. are in, if the people are in, it's not going to help. They're but in. If the people are out, you just got a new friend. Yes, indeed. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Brandon wrote in. He said he also wrote uh, quite a bit. He, and a few things. Okay. So here's, here's one of the things that he wrote in about. I just wanted to to pull it out because it's. You and I have been saying something for a while. He says a different thing, and I think that I don't. I'll, we'll just chat about it. He says uh, in episode one twenty six, you mentioned how you resigned from the church so that they would no longer count you as a member. Um, hate to break it to you guys, but guess what? They still count you. The church's policy is to count everyone who has ever been baptized, regardless of whether they are active, excommunicated, or resigned, until they are one hundred and fifteen, dead or alive. Uh, I think you're wrong. Uh, the, what I have read, Brandon says that, uh, they count people, anyone that's unaccounted for, they'll count until, uh, until 115, 115 or whatever yeah. the age is. I've, I've heard that. But, now, I, I, now what they, I can't say is whether they actually tally the, like take you take you down a number. Well, I know that I read a thing that said that they say that they do. Um, however, since their books are closed, since their books are closed, we can't know what they actually do and what they don't do. Uh, they have plenty of numbers that they can fudge. I mean, all of those hundreds of people that Brent baptized that then, you know, four months later stopped going to church. Yeah. They're not bothering to get their names taken off. So the church counts them until they're, until they're 115 years old. And that and and that's how they inflate their numbers. I don't think that that taking me off of their roles hurts their numbers at all. The number of people who actually resign from the church is minimal. Yeah, it's just a blip on the radar. But I think that you, I think that you're mistaken about that. But since none of us have access to their actual records, yeah, we will never know. I just like sticking it to them. I like <laughs> because these people keep records. You know that even if they don't re- reduce the 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 big number, uh huh, which they. I could believe that they don't do. Um, they um, they've got an internal number, 
mm-hmm. and you know it bugs them. Oh yeah, they oh. that number makes it to the to the president of the church, and they just. The number of people that are actually the it. the number that is the tally of who's actually attending. So like every every week or whatever, when the ward clerk goes through and counts everybody yeah. in sacrament meeting, that number has got to be painfully low. Well, here's the deal, painfully and this is totally low. just like hearsay, hearsay. Um, but when I was at BYU, I was I was really good friends for a little while with um, a granddaughter of. Um, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, Worthlin. Okay. And Joseph B. Worthlin. And I went to dinner at her parents' house once, and one of the things that really stood out that her mom said, because I can't I can't remember the full conversation, but the, the and I think the church membership was like around twelve million at the time. And so that came up and she said, and she was the daughter of Worthlin. Um, she said that um, how embarrassed the the the, the higher ups of the church were by that number huh. because of how inflated it had become through the years because right. of their reporting methods. And right. Like, the fact of the matter is, at any given time, there's about a third of them that they have absolutely no clue right where that where they are, and 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 then of the two thirds that's remaining, they. Those are the ones that their activity numbers come off of and that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. activity numbers are always terrible. Right. Especially outside of Utah. And uh, and so it's actually this kind of very small fraction of their reported number that you could really say are Mormons. Right. Yep. But they go around with their big old number and it has to get bigger every year and they feel all this pressure. Right. Because as soon as that no- – if they actually adjusted it and were being honest – It would be – they would have to lower the number, right? But they'll never do it. Mm, we'll see. I kind of like how the uh, how the J Dubs do it. The J Dubs do the opposite. The J Dubs don't want to report a big number. Mm, so isn't the, that interesting? So they so they won't report oh. you until you're like on the in the inner circle until you're one of the ones that's like elevated. Wow. So there's all these people who attend J Dub Church who aren't even counted. Wow. It's, a, it's the opposite thing. It's so it's, crazy. Anyways. It's really funny. Huh. Anyway, uh, Brandon also talked about uh, um, patriarchal blessings, uh, and he he said that uh, one of his siblings. I thought this was cute. One of his siblings. All it's they're a white family. One of his siblings. All of them were the tribe of Ephraim. Oh. And as we discussed, uh, you're given. You're told what tribe you're from. Uh-huh. It's a very confusing process because. Uh, it's ge- it's largely divided along racial lines, mm. uh, but so it feels like it's to do with your you know your tribe. It feels like it's to do with yeah. who you descended from. Yeah. And then one of his sisters was given the tribe of Manasseh. Oh wow! Which is largely like Native Americans and yeah. brown people. And so uh, he says that his mother. He says who was <laughs> who was the milkman in their neighborhood? Right. He says his mom. He said my mom takes that as a de- as definite proof that we have Native American blood in our family, to the point that she tells us to mark it on scholarship applications. Oh <laughs> my God! He says I have trouble understanding how she can believe it. Believe that because she's done enough genealogy to know it's not true, which is another thing that Mormons are super into. Right, genealogy. So uh, that was fascinating. Wow, I thought that was really. Really funny. Anyway, thanks, Brandon, for writing in. Yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to thank some donors. Uh, 
we've got Please do, we've got some great uh donors and I wanted to make sure that we that they all got shouts out. Um uh, Fred gave us a really nice one-time donation. Thank you, Fred. Uh, really appreciate that. Anne also did a one-time donation. Uh Thank and, you, Anne. Uh was uh, it was very generous. Um we have a few uh monthly new monthly uh subscribers a mm-hmm. bunch actually uh michael is a monthly subscriber wow. um, welcome to the fold michael deviant, thank you deviant media oh. is is a monthly subscriber fantastic thank you thank you um uh jennifer has has subscribed monthly as has uh jan's okay so this one's a different thing jan's storybooking has been a monthly subscriber for a while now okay so I looked at it, and we ha- we got an, a notification that that she had canceled her monthly subscription. Oh, which is fine. Yeah, you. I mean, this is all voluntary. You know, you do it for as long as you want. And then there was another notification. Oh no, she had just gone from being a low monthly subscriber to being two levels up monthly subscriber. Oh my goodness. She's like she's like platinum level now. Wow. Thank so, you, Jan. So take that. That was awesome. Uh, we also got a one-time donation from uh, from Claire, so thank, thank you, Claire. you, Claire, and one from uh, uh, High Chiva Systems. Well, th- thank you, High Chiva Systems, and Chaz Master Flash is <laughs> the, the message says love the show, guys. Keep it coming, Chaz Master Flash. Well, thank you, thanks, Chaz Master Flash, <laughs> and thanks to everybody. Well. We 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 had last week we had a lovely chat with uh with Seth Andrews. Yes. Uh this week another uh luminary in the in the atheist world, yeah. in the American atheist on the uh, landscape of American atheism. Yes. Uh one Mr. Matt Dillahunty. Yeah, very nice guy. Very nice guy. We had we a wonderful had, chat with him. Had a nice sit down with yeah. him and uh this is what it sounded like. Well, we're here with Matt Dillahunty here at the uh, the Atheist Convention. Matt, thanks mm-hmm. for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's amazing to have you here. What, how's, how have you found Salt Lake so far? I really like Salt Lake. I mean, my wife immediately commented, wanted to know what the elevation was because she felt a little different. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but we're up here. We haven't seen that much of, of town yet, but we did go on a little tour down to Temple Square. Oh, today, oh awesome. So. That sounds fun. Cool. Uh, that's great. Well... We, uh, we, we, we asked you on because we had a few things we wanted to talk to you about. Good. Yeah. Grill me. Oh, yeah. yes. We're going to grill you. Um, one of the things that I wanted to chat with you about a little bit is that I know that you're a, a, a rather uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know how words sometimes don't actually work in yeah. your brain? If it's something I, I, in the realm of like, – Prolific. That's the word oh, I was okay. looking for. I thought maybe it was like asshole. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's later. We, okay. that's, <laughs> I'm ready. The insults come later. No, yeah, you're, you're a prolific debater. You're, mm-hmm. a, you're a guy mm-hmm. that goes out mm-hmm. and likes to debate uh, believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. We're both on the fence about – what Why about whether or not efficacy. we know whether or not we think that that's a good thing mm-hmm. or you know what's the purpose so talk yeah. to us a little bit about about debating christian uh or or believers in general and, and why you do it sure so we're cheating a little bit because it's actually what my talk's going to be about tomorrow oh, so wow. you get like the okay. advanced uh, oh. view of at least awesome. parts of it awesome uh, because i'm a huge proponent of debates yeah um, as one of many tools that we have mm-hmm. and one of the things that i'll that i'll be talking about is you know if you think about a book that, mm-hmm. Like the God delusion or maybe David Fitzgerald's nailed something that is making a case for something. That's kind of a debate. I okay. mean, you had to go out and research. You're presenting your case. The only right. thing about it is it's one-sided. Right. Um, although 
some of them will actually address the arguments of the opposition. You know, Dawkins has done sure. this. Um, when I look at debates, I look. I love doing both the formal public debates and the informal debates that people who call into the show. Uh-huh. Um, so depending on what you're on the fence about, what I can say is that uh, they all work. And so when I look at a big formal debate, it's not a win-lose thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily, I think it's a skill. There sure. are some people who I think have no business doing those kinds of debates. Right. At least not yet. You know, this is something right. to kind of build up to. Um, I'm not claiming to be the world's expert or, you know, whatever. Now that Hitchens is dead, I've got a slightly <laughs> slight edge. You, you've She's, stepped up a couple notches. Yeah. At I, least one. I got a few more debate offers, but. Um, there you go. Th- the thing is, is that I view it as a way of getting out information. Okay. And there are a few things about it. It doesn't. It's sad that we live in a world where it may not matter who makes the best case or who has the best arguments or mm. who has the facts on their side, mm-hmm. that there's an element of theater to this. Right. But I've been working to change the structure of the debates that I do so that um, used to be that opening statements were like, let's say you did a 10-minute opening, then you'd have a five-minute rebuttal. Well, that doesn't make sense if you're dealing with somebody who can do a gish gallop where they can say something in 10 seconds that might take 10 minutes to, to unpack. Right, right. So I've flipped those. I've tried to make sure that... The rebuttal time is slightly longer than the opening statement. Okay, that's make interesting. Make your initial case, make it as quickly as possibly as possible, and then we'll go on to discuss it. The other thing that I, I like to include in the debates that I do is a cross-examination period where the, the time belongs mm. to the person asking questions. Okay. So that if I'm asking you questions and you are meandering way off point, I can interrupt you because the time is mine mm. and steer you back. Interesting. Oh, wow. You can also abuse this. Because if they're giving a particularly good answer, you, you can, can still them. interrupt them. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this allows the audience to look at this and say, hey, wait a minute. When he was interrupting, was he doing it so that we got back to a real answer? Or was he doing it to prevent a real answer from coming out? Huh. Um, the, the kind of dry debates that some people have done, I don't think anybody gets much out of them. It's not right. a fact. So it becomes more about personality. Yeah. And the key for me is I think if you're going to debate something, you should strive you may not be able to, to know your opponent's position better than they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that when you're in this back and forth interaction, even if the audience doesn't remember all the facts, they don't take notes, their general feel coming out of it is, you know what, this guy really knew what that other guy was saying, dismissed it, had responses for it, uh, and he rejects it. And he's clearly thought about this. Both of them have thought about it more than I have, but this guy seems to have really thought. It. And this other individual... Uh, maybe didn't know the op- the opponent's side as well. Huh, sure. So maybe I should go out and investigate further because you're mm. not going to change people's minds normally in the span of one debate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely not. This is about kind of prodding. My, one of my favorite examples, uh, I debated Abdu Murray in uh, Amarillo, Texas, mm. and there were 650 to 700 people there, huh. which, you know, I mean, look at the convention attendance here. That's a convention for yeah. one night. Right. Yeah. And there was a thir- in Amarillo. Yeah. We were in Amarillo. We did a, a road trip through the south. So we uh we that was yeah. the first stop. Our yeah. first stop was Amarillo. Seth and Arn and I were just in Amarillo as the first stop on the Unholy Trinity tour. That's right. Huh. Huh. But at the end of the debate a thirteen year old girl came up to me. Her parents are non theists and they have encouraged her to explore mm-hmm. and they've taken her to whatever religious event she wanted to go to and she wanted to go to this debate. Hmm. And by the time the debate was over, she'd made up her mind. Wow. She's an atheist. That's great. Wow. I, I guess, I, I mean, it, ostensibly, it seems to me like at least part of the goal would be to uh, would be to eventually get some of these Christian thinkers into the atheist camp. Do you feel like that happens? Oh, I know it happened. My, my email inbox, 
not necessarily always from formal debates, but I get, I've had thousands of emails from people who, who write in to say, because of what you guys have done on the show or because of the debates that you had, uh, you know, I used to be a fundamentalist, Southern Baptist, Catholic, Muslim, Scientologist, Mormon, agnostic, non-skeptic, and now I am an atheist, I am a skeptic. Um, it, it, I have yet to go to any event. You know, I walk around here at this event, there's six or 700 people here, and there's been at least a dozen people to walk up and say that because of what you guys have done on the show, that's the reason that I'm here today. And because of the debates that you've had and these interactions, hmm. it's, it's about kind of setting your expectations. Right. If you look mm-hmm. at it as getting information out. And normally, I'm not trying to change my opponent's mind, whether I'm in a formal debate right. or on the phone with somebody, because I know it's unlikely. Right. So the nice thing about having this, the debates on the show is I'm doing that for the audience because right. we know some things. We know that the people who agree with that person they are empathetic, and when that person seems to have an embarrassingly bad position, this gives them the kind of visceral reaction, whether it's you know just straight empathy or, empathy or mirror neurons or whatever, and then they say, I don't want to be in that person's shoes. Maybe I better go have better arguments for this. Maybe I better look into it. Couldn't it also be said that, they, uh, that when they have that negative reaction, they just aggress it against atheists and think, well, those guys are just a bunch of assholes. Look at how they treat everybody and blah, blah, blah. Sure. I mean, isn't that a problem as well? Sure. You, no matter what, we're going to turn some people off. The mere fact that I don't agree with him is going to turn some people off. That's fair. I, we're talking about things that people take to their core. This is right. their identity. They, right. They've got a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, if you tell them that you don't believe that and you think it's irrational, you're basically calling them stupid in their mind. And some people will react very negatively to that. And for some people, it takes a very long time. There was a guy who called the show, used to call repeatedly, thought I was an ass. Yeah. Um, thought I was an idiot <laughs> and had a couple of arguments on the show and then he stopped calling hmm. but he didn't stop watching and he didn't stop listening and his new goal was to do his best to prove me wrong right hmm. he's an atheist interesting after about a year and a half wow that's fascinating now you keep talking you keep referencing your show mm-hmm. uh, just so our listeners know sure. tell us what your show is yeah it's called the atheist experience and, and I say my show I'm on it right it, uh-huh. it's been around for 16 or 17 years I've been hosting it for the past eight years it's amazing it is a live call-in public access television show that airs on cable in Austin but we also stream it live to the world right um, atheist experience.com is the website for it and there are clips for the show that are up all over YouTube. We don't post the clips. We post full episodes, and you can access them. But fans of the show will grab their favorite bits, which are not always my favorite bits. <laughs> because, uh, I'm not always at my best. Right. But, um, and uh, it's I, basically what I've done is I've surrounded myself with some really good people, not through my own doing, but just by happenstance. Right. And so we've got a good team of folks. You guys have a big it. community down there in Austin, man. It's You guys are... You got you got some some non-believers down there. So the, the 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 dirty little secret is that the atheist community of Austin is not huge. Oh, mm. so uh, we pretty much doubled in size over the last ten years or so, up to maybe 150 to 175 okay. active members huh. or, or paid members. There's probably a, a good couple dozen of us that are actually actively involved in setting up the show. And one of the problems is that. Austin is a, despite being in Texas, uh, it's not Texas. Right. right. It is this liberal hippie, let's smoke weed and go swim <laughs> naked in the lake, <laughs> town full of 50,000 college students. Right. 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 So we don't, you know, I find that most, where I find the most fervent atheists tends to be in Bible bar- belt areas, places oh, where yeah. their rights really are perhaps yeah, no, that's uh, in true. danger. Yeah. And if you can walk down 6th Street 
you know, in Austin and it's live music and bars and, the, you know, not street preachers. Right. Uh, it just doesn't resonate as, as well with some people. That makes sense. But we've, <laughs> we've done a pretty good job there. And uh, the show is popping. But one of the things is that we didn't, for a while we only got calls from Austin. Then we started streaming it live. Hmm. Then we get calls from outside of Austin. And now not only is it rare if we get a telephone call from Austin, it's starting to become rare that we get a telephone call from the United States even. Wow. So there's people staying up until the wee hours of the morning or getting up very early to listen live and call in. And so, I, I mean, I've had calls from everywhere in the U.K. and Europe and Japan and, Ch- you know, China and Israel. That's and great. I mean, you name it. Huh. So it's, it's kind of caught on because the conversation's important. Yeah. And the, the other aspect of this that, that I've already kind of talked about is that it works. Yeah. There are people who change their mind. When I hear people say, oh, why are you arguing with believers? It's just futile. They're never going to change your mind. Yeah, you do. I'm walking and talking proof of it. I was a fundamentalist for 25 years. was going to be a preacher. Debates serve some other purposes as well. I did a debate with Ray Comfort on um, a Christian radio station in Minneapolis-St. Paul recently. Mm. And after agreeing to come on and debate whether God exists, Ray showed up and said, I have no interest in demonstrating that God exists to anybody. And uh, I just wanted to come here and tell Matt that I love him and that he's going to hell and that he actually does know that God exists. He's just suppressing it, which is a common tactic. Right. Eric yeah. Lounsbury mentioned that last I've heard, week. I've heard that oh. all the time. Sure. So now what I think, you know, the takeaway from that is, was my time wasted? Absolutely not. Because no. I was on drive time Christian radio where Christians had to listen to a terrible representative on behalf of their beliefs. Right. And an atheist who was basically punching back, you know, as soundly and calmly as possible. And now I think we're at a position where Ray desperately wants to debate uh, Richard Dawkins. Right. Well, that's never going to happen. But (laughs) but now we can say the reason it won't happen, if you can't make it past phase one, (laughs) and we'll call me phase one, (laughs) nobody needs to take you seriously and ever debate you again. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, thanks for fighting the good fight, Matt. I appreciate it. I kind of live to do this. It's it's surprising, um, you know, for years people in my family and myself included thought God wanted me to be a preacher. And, uh, in many ways I am. Yeah, exactly. I, you I'm, succeeded. <laughs> you just did I'm it the wrong way. I'm an evangelical atheist. You just did it backwards. You're, I you're, did it the right way. Yeah, exactly. The best way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We hope we'll see you around, uh, at various and sundry other events. And, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, bump into each other as we, as, as we all progress through this. I look forward to it. Crazy thanks for world. Me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. We uh, we met so many good people. It was it was it was nice. I was only able to really get out for the one day, right? But it was nice, you know. Like it was cool. We got to. It, mm-hmm. was, it was really great to meet all these uh, people. You know, as Seth pointed out in his interview, the, these conventions are cool because you meet people that have had a big influence yeah. on 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 the public discourse. And yep. Uh, it's nice that, that people like uh, Matt and Seth are out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. Well, All right, well, cool. If you want to contact us about any of the stuff that you've heard today, you you can do so. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave the voicemail at 424-666-8442. Right. Or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, Or you can uh, go to our website, www.thankgodimatheist.com. And that's where you can become a member and support the show. Or yeah. you can also comment on any of our uh, podcasts or take a look at our uh, our blog entries for the week. As we, so. st- as we start blogging more. All right. Well, thanks to Mackenzie for all that she does on the Facebook page. Thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the music. And um, uh, 
That's All right, it. guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.